Welcome back to Gals on Topic, your favorite book club, and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And today we're back. It's 2024. Happy with New an- Year. Happy New Year with another topic, Fourth Wing Chapters 34 through 36. The semifinals. It feels good. It feels like a new year, new book. Starting the year off on a new page with this book. We were pretty we were pretty down and grumpy about it exiting 2023, but I feel refreshed and rejuvenated and these chapters did indeed give us what we were asking for finally. So, I'm really finally. excited to talk about them. Me too, me too, but I haven't talked to you like really talked to you in like I know. a week or two. So, give me the rundown. How was Christmas in Hawaii? Your New Year's? What what's going on? Christmas in Hawaii was lovely. Um, I was there for like 10 days, which was amazing. We didn't do, we usually do more like excursions and things like that. We really just committed to it being a relaxing vacation. So we just did a lot of like beach time. We did a few hikes, nothing crazy. Um, you were reading like a book a day. Yes. So, um, I actually will talk about that because I have something I need to get off my chest with that. Um, But yeah, I was really close to my goal of 2023, which was to read 30 books. I was at 25. So I literally packed like seven books with me. And what was funny was they were all super long. Like I just kind of ordered ones that had been on my list and they all showed up and I was like, why are these all 500 pages? (laughs) This is not... I'm trying to reach a goal that couldn't be 250. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. There was like one shorter one, but otherwise, otherwise they were all huge. Um, but because we were relaxing, it gave me time to to read a lot, which was good. Um, the only the only excursion we did was the whale watching, which oh my god was amazing. <laughs> I saw Izzy sent the footage. We should post it. It was magical. It was so crazy. So. December is not supposed to be a whale month like the peak season is January February so we were a little bit early but I was like well end of December like it's it's right there like we Mm -hmm. should still go like we never go in the winter and I've wanted to see whales so badly um also god my voice sounds terrible um so I was like I just want to see one whale like please I literally was like praying the night before I was like please I just want to see one whale (laughs) And then we get on the boat and the second we leave the harbor, the captain goes, whale, whale. And I was like, like literally we were so close to shore. We immediately see a whale. Oh my God. And then, and then I turn my head, there's another whale. Like we were surrounded by whales the second we were out at sea, but like not even really, we were like so close to shore. It was crazy. Oh my God. It was crazy. Yeah, I probably saw, I I don't know how many actual whales I saw because I don't know how many were like the same ones versus just like, yeah, like sightings of the same ones versus a new one. But I saw at least 15 sightings. It was crazy. Oh my God, Izzy, that's so It was crazy. Like I I thought I'd be lucky to see one and then it was like hard to not see like one every time I turned my head. Um, oh my god that's so crazy and then the crazy part was because I was on a small boat there was only six of us on the boat um they first of all they were experts like they had this like hydrophone it was called and they could put it in 
the water and it would you could hear the whale calls like from the boat then like through this hydrophone mm, yeah. and then they could tell us which whale was like calling out because oh they can like God. tell by patterns and stuff and then they told us we could jump in the water and actually hear it ourselves. So I jumped in the water. You jumped in the water with those whales? Yeah, I jumped in the water. And, Easy. And was floating on my back, so my ears were underwater. And you can hear them underwater. And it's so loud. It's <gasps> so loud. Like, I went under, and then I shot right back up. And I was like, it feels like it's right underneath me. And the guy was like, it probably is. So oh cool. my god were you scared really cool. how long were you in the water i was in the water for like five minutes i wasn't i wasn't that scared because we were pretty like i said we weren't like in the middle of the ocean um yeah and- but there's still giant <laughs> whales right yeah. next to you <laughs> yeah i mean i didn't like see them i couldn't see them when i was in the water there was probably there was one probably like a hundred feet away um because it surfaced after i got back on the boat but yeah, that was that was really crazy. Izzy, um, I I love whales. I can talk. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. No, you would have like because my so funny enough, my mom like immediately got in because I was kind of like this is a little bit scary. I don't know. My mom just like jumps right in, and then she was like, "This is so cool." So it's like my mom's in the water. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna be a baby. Donna didn't yeah. raise no bitch. And, and, like, it's like, I'm going to jump in. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes you have to be like, okay, am I just going to not experience this when it's right in front of me? But damn, I don't yeah. know. I guess it, it. they are like, they aren't like killer whales. Yeah. Yeah. There was, they, it was just humpbacks. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that was yeah. really crazy. It was that- so loud underwater. And then also I saw... Um, we were just driving along the coast back to a house. I saw like four more whales from the coast. Like whales are everywhere. They are oh everywhere God. there. Oh I was at dinner next night. I saw whales in the water. Go. Like it was crazy. I know. I need to I know. go. I know. John and I were just talking about how we think starting next year, we're from now on going to do a couple trip after Christmas and just go somewhere, us two. And maybe I'll have to make Hawaii be on the list so I can go and literally and find some whales literally we still need to go together because it's like our thing somehow yeah <laughs> maybe Whales yeah maybe like that, we'll just do that next year like i'll just meet you you and your family there yeah after christmas please do please do um oh my so God. that was so that was cool so that was the highlight definitely um the rest of the trip was great but the one other thing i wanted to to say clear clear the air is i have been getting some backlash from my book reviews for my trip <laughs> Um, people have not been liking the scores that I gave some really? of my books. Like yeah. too high or too low? So there was three specifically that have seemed to be a problem. Um, the book thief, which I gave an 8.5, um, book lovers, which I gave an eight and then Malibu rising, which I gave a 7.5. People think I am rating book thief and Malibu rising too low and book lovers too high. So I just want to explain my scale for everyone really quick okay. so that I can stop addressing these comments one by one and go to our Instagram stories. They're all in our highlights if you want to see my reviews. But I consider anything above a seven to be very high. Like I agree. Six, six, six point five, seven means like I liked the book. I would say a five, a score of a five means like the book was fine. Wasn't for me. Anything below a five I did not like. Yeah. Anything above a seven, though, 
means I, I loved it. And then there's like different scales of how I, how I rate things. Like anything in the nines is going to be, that's like one of my favorite books of all time. So yeah, I very rarely give a book a nine or 9.5. I think I gave two books a nine this year and then everything else like falls in that seven to like 8.5 range. And it just like depends on the book thief was an amazing book. So you gave it an 8.5, but it's not a nine because it's not one of your favorite of all times. And that's fine. Right. Especially because another layer to this is I think people were mad. I rated book lovers and book thief, like, cause they were back to back. So close. So close. And the book thief is like, you know, a critically acclaimed book. It's extremely well written book. lovers, like an Emily Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I rate according to the genre. Like, I'm not rating on... Right. I'm not comparing the two, per se. Right. The reason I gave Book Thief an 8.5 is because it's like a World War II setting book. I read The Nightingale earlier this year, which I gave a 9.5. That's like one of my favorite books all year. So I'm kind of comparing it to like the others in the genre. Right. So that's why it fa- it falls where it did. And then Book Lovers is like this cheesy Hallmark movie of a book. And, you know, I didn't think I would like it. And a lot of people are surprised I rated it so highly and disagree. But I thought it was so cute. And it, like, really towed the line between, like, being cute without being overly cheesy. Like, I could still mm-hmm. buy into it. And I yeah. feel like very, very rarely does that happen. So I gave it a an 8, I think. And I stand by that. So that and, is and- that is the explanation behind my scale. I think that's totally fair. And as someone who has not read either of those books... Like, just from knowing the genres, I'm sure they're both incredible and lovely. But sometimes, like, you've got to be in a headspace for a Hallmark rom-com type book versus yeah. a headspace for a World War II book. And, like, honestly, as a not-that-deep person when it comes to books and stuff, like, I feel like it would be hard for me to pick I don't know like I don't know what I'm trying to say I guess like when I look at when I go onto like a streaming service and I'm picking a movie like generally I'm gonna pick a rom-com every single time over this really deep historical fiction movie yeah. or whatever you know and that says and obviously I know that historical fiction movie is quote-unquote the better movie and I probably would enjoy it and think it was incredible but like most of the time just because of my interests, I really like romantic romantic comedies. Like it's just kind of like that. So I think there's also can be an element of that, and that's totally fine. It's your review. Everyone can hop off your back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's good though. People are getting engaged. They're getting all yeah, really that's fired true, up. That's true. Um, and a lot of people seem to be really passionate about Malibu Rising, which I gave a seven point five. Which again, to me, is a is a high score. That means I love the book. And honestly, anything above a seven, I probably will want to reread again at some yeah. point in my life. Which is a very high score and like high praise. But I didn't yeah. like the ending, so that's why it's like a slightly lower in my scale of like this book was amazing, but like at yeah. the end, I wasn't like feeling it. It's kind of a shallow ending, I thought, for a really like amazing, amazing build. So that's why it was like slightly lower. So, you know, there's a lot to um, a lot of layers to the scores I give and, you know, DM to discuss. I'm happy to I'm happy to <laughs> debate anyone on these. 
Oh man, that's funny. We'll have to do another episode this summer, maybe where we just do like a mid-year checkpoint where we kind of just talk about some more books yeah. that we've read this year and yours will list will be so much longer than mine but I actually have a goal of 25 books to read this year which is significantly more than my goal last year so I'm excited you I'm have gonna a lot. get faster that's my goal <laughs> you have a lot on the shelf that I'm excited for you to read I mean basically my goal is to read my entire unread shelf not including obviously I'm gonna buy more books but that's like about how many I have so many and now I had book thief on my list like I bought that one recently and I was like excited thinking maybe I had a book that you hadn't read <laughs> what a fool <laughs> and it was a reread for you <laughs> you know a lot of people don't I don't reread books which I kind of find surprising because like book thief I haven't read that in so many years I completely forgot the ending like it's like reading a whole new book yeah like a, I think a kind of like a deja vu like oh yeah but it's it's I think it's good to revisit ones that you loved yeah ones that you loved after a long time it's comforting too like we read I just finished Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets yeah <laughs> yeah it's like people people were surprised by that but it's like do not rewatch movies like you still know what happens but you rewatch movies and can I tell you something so embarrassing? What? I was reading The Chamber of Secrets, and as I was reading, there were moments of things that I remembered as having been trivia questions before related to Harry Potter, and I was like, remember, 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 <laughs> as I was reading it. <laughs> or like things that I thought could be a trivia question. I'm like, ooh, that's slightly different than the movie. Remember it, remember it, remember it. Like, that's not embarrassing at all. That's just making me excited to go do Harry Potter trivia with you again. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm just trying to trying to be as quick as you. Um, what so how your, was your Christmas? Um, well, I was going to oh, ask you go. what your... I was going to let you finish and talk about your New Year's last night. Oh, yeah. New Year's was fun. So I got... I landed in Chicago at like two yesterday and then went to the house did a quick, quick turnaround and went right back out for new year's Eve. Um, that's crazy. I, I did the whole like song and dance of buying a ticket to this hotel party, which I was like kind of lukewarm about actually. Cause sometimes those events are just not fun, but we had a big group of friends there. It was this really pretty old hotel. It's like big ballroom and they had like a DJ and a big dance floor, but like you're not packed in. It wasn't like a club. Um, so I actually had a really good time. That's really, good. that's really all there is. Yeah. Good. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Sometimes those can be a hit or miss, but I feel like as long, as long as you and the people you're there with, like make it fun, it's fun. Like if all of your friends are there and there's alcohol it's gonna be fun <laughs> yeah yeah and it was like since it was like this big ballroom it just like felt like in like a nice more like classy event ticketed events I've gone to in the past for New Year's Eve have been so like they just feel kind of grimy oh you know? yeah yeah like when I yeah. Do prom or something yeah <laughs> yeah um I can't remember so the last episode we had that was like completely before Christmas right like we recorded that yes yeah okay yeah, so John's family came up for Christmas, and it was so fun. It all went so great. The weather was kind of crappy, but we I feel like we had a perfect balance of, like, going and showing them Indianapolis and doing fun Christmas things and then just, like, lounging at home. 
Um, we cooked like so a nice. big Christmas dinner, which was so fun and um, felt very spoiled rotten by John. Um, it was very it was very relaxing and nice. They then all week I just kind of like have been reading, relaxing, cleaning, doing all that, just enjoying like the whole week off. It's been like just a really relaxing like 10 days with Christmas and everything. Honestly, you needed that. I know. You really needed that. I know. I did. I did. I, um, I'm trying to get back into like a nice workout routine and stuff. So I feel like it was good to have like the time to do that and not like be trying to always squeeze it in around work and whatever. So I feel rejuvenated and, and ready to go into my busy season at work. Um, so I'm not excited per se, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, thoughts and prayers to Sadie during this busy season. Yeah. And then same like new year's, we, new year's eve we just we went to um we went to the movies at like 6 30 and we um we saw anyone but you <gasps> it was good not great i would say oh really? yeah i really liked really? it i think that they there was actually moments where i laughed out loud like there was scenes that were really funny um and Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweetie are just so lovely to look at. Like they're just hot people. And every scene where it was just them, it was good. But like I feel like they spent the entire budget on one the location and two Sydney Sweetie and Glenn Powell. And then the rest of the cast was like pretty bad at acting, I'd say. Um, but I still really liked it. I mean, it's a rom-com and like, I just like Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. So, um, yeah, it was, it was still really good. He should be in more rom-coms. He is so funny. Yes. I feel like he has just really like a really good sense of humor Yes, and plays like the slightly like douchey, but yes, you still like guy. Yes. I, yeah, I really like both of them. Honestly, they come off exactly like that like I don't even know if they were really playing a character <laughs> honestly I don't love Sydney Sweeney I really like her but I think she's she fine. is like has like I don't know maybe I don't even I don't maybe I don't know about her personality like I don't know her no I don't know her but um <laughs> but literally like she has the perfect body <laughs> like I was like yeah she does this this is my 2024 goals um she's just like stunningly gorgeous and I yeah like even like her teeth like I was like oh gosh (laughs) she's just stunning but I um I feel like she's incredible in euphoria like incredible actress like should win awards for that I don't I don't think you watched all of euphoria right yeah and it's probably my like it's not like I don't like her it's just I think part of it is, yeah, I did not like Euphoria at all. Yeah. That show was so hard to watch for me, (laughs) which is just because I, I just find it hard to like stomach. Like it's so unsettling. Like I just felt gross watching each episode. Then eventually I was like, why am I still watching this? Like, I hate how I feel. I feel afterwards. Like it's just the same. No, I totally, I totally see where you're coming from. And I did feel the same for like the, first half of season one like I was very uncomfortable 
And then I kind of got used to it <laughs> and enjoyed it and got to know the characters more because that was the hardest thing at the beginning is there was no one to root for. Like, I'm like, I don't like any yeah, of these people. Yeah. They're all horrible. Yeah. But then you you kind of work your way through. And now I really I like the show and I and that's why I like Cindy Sweeney. But anyway, yeah, John and I both agreed it was good, not great. Um, but I'm happy I saw it. I just, I love going to the movies. Yeah, I do too. I got, God, there's a lot of movies I want to see right now. I know, Wonka, Migration. We thought about going to see that, the new cartoon movie. And the Iron Claw. I really want to see the Zac Efron and, uh, Jeremy Allen White movie. And the Hunger Games one. Yes, the Hunger Games one. That's the one I keep forgetting. We also contemplated seeing that. I was like, we might need to just go every weekend until I've seen all of these. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you got some R&R to gear up for it. Oh, I forgot. Sorry, I forgot to say one thing. Um, Just because it was exciting. I had a random celebrity sighting (gasps) on my trip. Another one? You just saw one last time you were in Hawaii. It was like, I, I would say this is more like... B-list, I don't know. But do you know Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr.? No, I know those names, but I can't think of who that is. Say it again. She was Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. So that's who I saw. They were sitting next to us at dinner and I she was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and he was in the movie She's All That and they were both also in Scooby-Doo. Wait, is she um, Buffy? Yeah. Oh my god, my brother will die. Oh really? He's like I've actually the never even seen biggest it. Buffy fan ever. Um they were sitting next to us at dinner one night and I was looking at her because I you know, I didn't realize who it was because it just looks like a like a pretty blonde woman. Mm-hmm. Um but I felt like she looked familiar, but then I heard them talking. I heard her talking about meeting Taylor Swift and I was like, Excuse I was like me? meeting Taylor Swift. <laughs> like, who is this person? And then I looked closer and then I realized. I'm sorry. So that was what did she, I love? What did she say about meeting Taylor Swift? I like nothing like I could really make out, but she just said like, like, oh, like highlight was meeting Taylor Swift or something like oh. that. Like they might've been talking about just like, you know, highlights of the year or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all. I just like my ears like perked up and I like swiveled my head back over and I was like, oh, my God. Wait, that's um, crazy. So that was that was probably the biggest surprise. And I love nothing more than celebrity sightings. So, wow, like- I would have never recognized them, to be honest. But my brother will be so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we get into okay. it? Because there were some yes. extreme highs and lows of this, uh, of these chapters and we got some stuff, right? Yeah. I'm shook. I was so shook. I, I have so many thoughts. When I don't, so wanna, many thoughts. I don't want to jump here already, but like when we discussed Liam, like last okay. episode or the episode before were our listeners just screaming like <laughs> they must have been they must have been oh my god okay let's jump into the summary because like seriously yeah, yeah, yeah. i i have been waiting to talk about this and i cannot wait do you want to do the opening quote oh yeah yeah, yeah. sorry i'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> okay the opening quote for chapter 34 says 
The first known Griffin attack occurred in 1 AU, which stands for After Unification, near what is now the trading post of Resin. At the edge of the dragon-protected border, the post has always been vulnerable to attack and over the course of the past six centuries has changed hands no less than 11 times in what has become a never-ending war to secure our borders from our power-hungry enemies. So I was like, okay, so we're going to see a griffin so i had these chapters i had two thoughts about this one i'm really confused on what unification day is i thought that was when the rebels were murdered that's a great point i did too and how was that like 600 years ago like and i thought they've been at war with the peromials for like 600 years so like or 400 years or something so like i'm really confused about timeline like did they really just start over the dates as one AU seven years ago? Cause like, wasn't the rebel thing happening seven years ago? <laughs> was, the, was the rebel thing reunification or unification? Oh, I don't might know. Have been reunification. Yeah, but yeah. You might be right. Okay. We might have to do some research on that. Cause I didn't think that when we originally read the quote, but when you just read it, I was like, yeah, I'm confused about timeline, but it doesn't really matter. Um, my my note that I did write down was this is before we got the learning that we got in this chapter, but um, I wrote, I can't help but feel it intentionally says that that quote was from a book written by Professor Markham. And I mm. said, I think he's going to be on the bad side, meaning like he's who kind of quote unquote rewrote history and, and that's going to really rock Violet's world given they had a pretty close relationship. I like that. Um, but this chapter was pretty short. So we left off in chapter 33 where they had been woken in the middle of the night to go to their final war games. And um, Zayden had pulled Violet and Liam as the only two first years to come with him to an assigned outpost, the only one that's outside of the wards. So... There's kind of like a standoff between Dane and Zayden when he's pulling Violet to do that. And Dane's like, like, Violet, no, like you like you need to stay. She needs to stay. She can't go with you, Zayden, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but during this little bickering, it's revealed that uh, I keep wanting to say Farah, Violet, <laughs> Violet and Zayden are together. And it kind of ends with a really awkward exchange where. Dane's kind of like, okay, well, I'll miss you, Violet. And it was like, we we talked about how that was a weird interaction. How he kind of just accepted it. And it really comes to light. It really comes to light. Okay, so that's where we left off. So uh, Zayden's group, including Violet and Liam, cross the wards and leave the Empire, headed to this outpost that they've been assigned that I will not attempt to pronounce um they the dragons need a break to get some water because they've been traveling for hours and Liam and Violet realize you know oh, we're the only first years here and um and it um was just kind of interesting that they got to go to this post Zayden takes Violet into the forest they can have a moment of privacy and smooching and yeah that was that was like right away like Zayden is saying he trusts every single person here with his life and stuff. And I was like, 
reading it, I was like, I'm even more sure than before, like something's about to happen. Like, obviously, I also was like, how did he get away with getting all these rebels together? And like yeah. all these people that he trusts in one group. And like, that's weird. So like so- something's obviously about to happen. I mean, besides the fact that we're six chapters away from the ending. So yeah. something has to happen. Um, but also I was very uneasy when Zayden and Vi were having their moment because I just like knew in my bones that like he was about to betray her in some way. Kind really? Of, I which... had no idea. <laughs> I think, I don't know if it's because I, it's been a while since I've read, like you read almost like pretty quickly after we recorded. I didn't yeah. read until today. So I think that maybe I was just like kind of oblivious, but I was just like, oh, another makeout sesh with Violet. Like I was like, oh, they're about to hook up behind this rock. Like I was so oblivious that anything was going to happen. <laughs> to me, it was just... I mean, the whole book, it's been Zayden has secrets, Zayden has secrets, and Violet really has gotten nothing out of him, and now she's head over heels in love with him, and he's mysteriously kind of taking her away with this group of rebels that he's clearly handpicked, so there was definitely some other, like, motive about to come, and I just knew that Violet, whatever it was, like, even if it wasn't, like, a bad intention, or even if, you know, whatever Zayden was up to... Violet was going to be hurt that he didn't tell her. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, Izzy was right. So (laughs) while they are making out, uh, a few Griffin flyers approach them. And Zayden immediately tries to hide Violet, but they it was too late. They've already seen her and know that it's a Sorengale. And they start taunting him. And it becomes very clear to Violet that Zayden knows these these flyers, these Griffin flyers. Um, and Violet, you know, starts getting into defense mode, thinking, you know, these are the enemies, like we have to attack. But Zayden physically restrains her, like literally, when she starts kind of making her lightning powers spark up he like grabs her and holds her around his arms as to not hurt them and she's like oh my god Zayden's a traitor and that's basically the end of the chapter like is yeah them kind of uh Zayden's kind of like what the heck are you guys doing here you're a day early and Violet's like what the fuck and it's just a bunch yeah. of confusion and I was like okay next chapter please I'm ready for Liam and Zayden to start explaining everything to her but I was yeah annoyed. I was like oh go ahead no you go ahead I was gonna say I was just annoyed because there was like probably like two or three pages of him talking to the Griffins or Griffin Flyers and and Violet's head's just like spinning, trying to keep up. And I'm just like, Tarn, fucking tell her. Like, please, yeah. I need to know what's happening. I was so confused. Yeah, I was so excited to finally like get, because you were saying last episode, like we have so many like plot questions and like no momentum on any of them. Yeah. And finally we're getting some answers. Finally. And... Thank God Zayden is a rebel because I, I was starting to doubt myself because of the whole, like, he's supposed to protect Protecting. like 107 children yeah. or whatever. Um, so I was I was almost losing that one little breadcrumb that I had. But he's a rebel <laughs> and he's working with the Peromials. And thank God. Thank God thank we got God. one thing right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was, I was a little surprised, but it kind of makes sense once we get into the details. Like I genuinely thought that there was going to be three unique enemies, but it really isn't. Like I thought it was going to be the rebels versus the government, the Venon and the Griffin riders were all our enemies or, or like all separate plot points. Yeah. But they're all connected, which we learn and we can get into in chapter 35 if you want to. Yeah. Do the yeah. Intro. And we were and we were saying last episode also like there needed to be a way to like fit some of these things together. But we just didn't have enough information to even like make a guess as to how. Yeah. But um, it makes sense that like the rebels and the paromials are tied together. And then we and, learn like, more about it. Are they're basically putting their differences aside to uh, like defend against a greater enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so chapter 35, the intro quote says, In his last days of interrogation, Fen Ryerson lost touch with reality, railing against the kingdom of Navarre. He accused King Tauri and all who came before him of a conspiracy so vast, so unspeakable, that it does not bear repeating by this historian. The execution was swift and merciful for a madman who cost untold lives. (laughs) That's also by Professor Markham. I know. I was like, how very convenient that the historian couldn't bear to record these tales <laughs> that he claimed. Because if he wrote yeah. them down, they would take make too much sense and people would like think that possibly they were real. Which right. they are. <laughs> Which they are. Um, so the Griffin Flyers warned Zayden that a horde of venom attacked one of their villages nearby. And Violet is shocked both by the mention of venom because she thought that they were just mythical creatures at this point, and the clear collaboration between their own squad and the enemy Griffin Flyers. And Yeah. So ahead. this was like a lot of information. Like I was it so was confused. Like, there was like three pages, like the two pages at the end of chapter 34, and then like the first two pages of um chapter 35 so we know the promials are working with the rebels zayden is a rebel and venon are real like all within three pages yeah yeah uh it's pretty crazy yeah in summary i'll kind of get into it more but in summary the kingdom of navarre knows that there are venon yeah and they're they are attacking villages and killing innocent civilians. However, Navarre is protected because the Venon cannot get through their wards. So everyone inside the wards within Navarre is safe from Venon. And so Navarre is just pretending they don't exist and letting the Venon run ra- rampant throughout Palomial and is that how you say it? Paromial? We just say it differently every time. <laughs> it's paromial, right? R, not L. Uh, so they're just letting them run rampant through paromial. But then there's some people in Navarre who are like, that's fucked up. We need to help these civilians. They're innocent people, whether they're from paromial or not. And so that is where Zayden's father stepped in and was trying to help Peromiel to protect them from the venom. And now Zayden is carrying out 
what his father did and helping the Peromials as well. Yeah. So the rebels just know the truth. Exactly. But I don't really understand why Navarre is so against helping or trying yeah, to get so rid that's of all, the venom. That's still a missing piece for me. And like, is it and just it out of seems fear? Like, and is like, is the crux of the war that Peromiel is just like constantly trying to like get into Navarre to get these resources so that they can build their own wards. And that's like the premise of the entire war because Navarre is protected and they're not like what's there's just missing. There's some missing pieces there. But all I know is Venon are real. And I was right about that. So that is a win. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was a good point you just made. Like maybe the Peromials are the quote unquote greedy like they were calling them. Yes. Because they're just yeah. trying to get resources because there's only like certain weapons that can kill a venom because it had it's like infused with the magic of the dragons that also protects Navarre. So the Palomial <laughs> uh <laughs> keep sneaking in or trying to get weapons for defense. And yeah, is that the whole point of the war or were they and like the Navarre doesn't want to share or is Peromiel just trying to get it or are Peromiel and Navarre really fighting over something else? And that's why Navarre doesn't want to help because they're like, they're our enemy. We don't care if the Venom kill them. Yeah, I I, I don't know. know. I, and I honestly don't expect to get that answer in this book. Yeah, no, for sure. No, she's so. got to get back and like talk to some people, you know, I don't know. I don't know if she'll be welcome back, but, um, okay. So chapter 35. So the, oh wait, I already kind of started in the beginning. <laughs> we got off here. I started skipping ahead, but, uh, basically the Griffin flyers leave after they've warned. Um, oh, I do want to point out, it didn't seem like outside of Zayden, and them working together to fight the venom or save, you know, the civilians, it didn't really seem like the flyers and the riders are friendly. So no. they're definitely still like, they're not friends. They're just putting differences aside to protect innocent civilians from the venom. Cause they were very much like, giving each other like talking shit to each other while they gave the warning that the venom were coming. So yeah. who knows? I, I would love more information there if they survive, you know, chapter 36. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so the flyers leave and Violet kind of looks around the squad. And this is when she realizes that all of the riders there are children of separatists, except for her. And, she feels very threatened. Um, how did she not realize that? I didn't realize it either. <laughs> but like, I mean, we didn't realize it because it like it didn't say, but like she I feel like just like looking around when she was leaving, like she sh would have known and it should have been obvious to everyone, which is how I at this point was like, how did they get away with this even? Because that's breaking like a, a big law. It's only three are allowed to be together at a time. Yeah. So... I but now I we know why shows. I mean, it just shows her, her prejudice is not there. <laughs> like she yeah, just doesn't true. even notice, you know what I mean? 
That's true. When she realizes, though, this whole thing and Zayden's been keeping the secret from her, she had the most dramatic quote of all time. She says... Please read. She says, His father may have been the great betrayer, may have cost my brother his life, but Zayden's treachery cuts just as deep. <laughs> I was like, really? Not quite. Really, Violet? Really? Your brother's your life? Brother. <laughs> Really? <laughs> oh, man. Perspective. You know, please. my cousin Snapchatted me after our last episode because she was listening to us. And she was like, I, she was like, maybe it just didn't bother me as much because I was reading faster, blah, blah, blah. But she was like, but just remember, like, Violet's young. She's naive. Like, it's on purpose that she's supposed to appear young and naive. Like, she was kind of sticking up for her. And I was like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, I think but people. That I think we is perfect. I think we stress some people out with our reactions from the last few episodes, like not fully buying in. But I'm back. I'm back. I'm yeah. <laughs> so um, Violet points the fact that she's the only non-child of a separate separatist to. She points this out to Tarn and Andarna, and she realizes that they also both knew about the writers interacting with the Griffin flyers, but kept it a secret because of Tarn's bond with Sigail, which I predicted that Tarn knew and that would cut her deep, 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 yeah. deep. Um, but Zayden commands the rest of the squad to leave because Violet's starting to like lose control of her power and he need, obviously needs to talk to her. And Violet accuses him of treason, for working with the flyers and this is kind of what I already recapped but he tells her that they have allied only to fight the venom the dragon powered wards around Navarre prevent them from entering the empire but the surrounding areas are vulnerable to attack Satan tells her that the government of Navarre knows about the venom but does nothing and the griffin attacks along the border have only been in search of weapons for self-defense and he insists that he has kept this secret from Violet because Dane might see her memory and report Zayden's effort to command, which was a valid concern. Yeah. And clearly, Zayden, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. So Zayden gives her a rune inscribed dagger that is kind of what I was talking about with the that the Griffin riders or Griffin flyers have been breaking through the wards to get it's these weapons that are infused with the dragon powers and they're the only thing that can really fight or kill a venom and as he's like just walking her through all of this she's still really mad but at the same time she's like piecing things together and she's like damn yep. that actually like she's buying into what he's saying um mm -hmm. and like believing his story and like kind of agreeing with nice. the cause yeah yeah but she's still she really mad at him she couldn't believe, like, at first, she had a little bit of hesitancy at the very beginning where she was like, that doesn't make sense. That's against what Navari believes. Like, of course, we would go help people. But then once she starts thinking about, like, the message from her dad in the book yeah. and, you know, the scroll that she found but wasn't shared during Battle Brief, like, she started piecing it all together. And she's like, I'm a scribe. Like, I know the facts and the facts support his story. So I believe you, but I'm also still pissed at you for lying, which is yeah, fair. She, she had a good quote 
or it's from her dad, but the quote is, the truth rarely needs effort. And I like that quote. I loved that quote. Yeah. I loved that quote. That was good. Um, so although Violet claims to no longer love, all of a sudden she's immediately out of love with him. Oh God, that was or dramatic. Trust. She goes, I loved you. I was like, Violet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she claims to no longer love or trust him. She believes his story as she thinks back on all, okay, everything I just said, sorry. So <laughs> they return to the squad and continue their flight to the outpost. And as they fly, Tarn and Darna and Violet discuss the lie. Tarn feels deeply guilty about his deception and is apologizing, which Violet forgives him very quickly. Um, because she does you know, her, she can't deny the logic of what the story he told. Um, so they, arri- they arrive at their assigned outpost and it's very eerie. This is one of their most strategically placed outposts and yet there is no riders waiting for them, which yeah. seems very strange given as their most strategically placed outpost, they, outpost, they wouldn't just abandon it for war games. Um, yeah. so they're all like, oh shit, what's happened? And this shit was crazy to me. So they find a letter addressed to Zayden written by Dane's dad that basically said, survive if you can. They yeah. sent them there for slaughtering. Yeah. Ch- I it chills. is so fucking crazy. And Zayden asks Violet whether Dane has ever touched her face. I'm like, because he's obviously he's seeing them touching. I'm like, literally every chapter he fucking touches her face. When this happened, he said, "Okay, this is what really let me." I summarize very briefly, but Zayden's trying to like make sense about what this letter says, why there's no one here, what's going on. He knows there's venom coming. He's like. Because this is the same outpost that he would travel to to meet the Griffin Flyers. And he was assigned this post, which was a crazy, uh, you know, coincidence to be assigned this. And he goes to Violet. He's like, Violet, did you tell Dane about when that I've been coming here? Because she had asked him previously, like, tell me something no one else knows or tell me something real or whatever. And he tells her that that and she's like, no, of course not. And he's like has Dane ever touched your face? And she's like, yeah, but he always, that's how he always touches me. And Zayden realizes that Dane has been reading Violet's memories without her knowledge. And I motherfucking called it. I said it when I called you that day with the realization. (laughs) Oh my God. You were right. No, you were so right. Crazy. It's like, and it's crazy because so like we were basically like everything last chapter we actually like basically had predicted like Zayden betrays yeah. her, Venon are real, Zayden's a rebel, Dane hasn't been reading her mind, but yep. I didn't predict it unfolding like this. Like no. this is crazy. This is crazy. Like when I was reading so, this, I was like, let me <gasps> just literally. That's why in the last chapter or chapter thirty four, thirty three, it ends with Dane saying, "I'll miss you, Violet." Yeah. He's 
a fucking psycho. That is your lifelong friend since and, you were literally babies. And we and said. You just, and you knew all of them were going to be murdered. And when we said, we said that conversation was weird. Like Violet, like blue past yes. that. That was so weird. Like him saying, I miss you feels like a forever, like goodbye. But I thought, yes. I thought that meant he was going to cut her off. I didn't think he meant bye. Cause you'll be dead. <laughs> like what Dude, the that hell? That shit was. That shit was so crazy. Do you think though, <laughs> do you think maybe he doesn't like fully, like he just told the dad, but like he doesn't know the, the actual plan. Like he doesn't no, know. I think he knows. You think he knows? He wouldn't have acted so weird. And he, well, he definitely doesn't know about Venom. I do believe that. He doesn't know about the Venom. But you but think, I think he knows he that thinks, she was going to die? I think he thinks, yeah. I think he thinks that Zayden was going to meet these Griffins, Griffin Flyers. And I think that he told the dad. And, well, I think that they were on to the, the fact that Zayden is up to something. And then when i don't really know i don't really know i think he knows everything except for like the venom piece see i can see his dad just being like you know we want to keep an eye on zayden like tell us what violet has been talking to him about and dane just like reporting back blindly and like not being told like the the class more like classified information of it all um Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like when we see Dane again, he's going to pretend like he didn't know what was going to happen. But this is now, like, also this, like, pieces together why Zayden was able to get away with bringing all the rebels. They they wanted him to bring the rebels. They wanted yeah. him to, to go yeah. with all of them. And, God. Okay, but also, also, I'm just thinking of this now, but do you think that there's a chance that the venom are almost like a creation of navarre like were created by navarre because how did they know that the venom were gonna be there and then therefore i don't know satan was sent for slaughter i don't know know? that's what i wrote too in the next chapter i was like how did they know they were gonna be there maybe maybe general melgren because he can see outcomes of battles like just like knows that i don't know i don't know i don't know but i have the same question I think that Navarre created Venom. Like, I feel like it's almost like a science experiment gone wrong. And that's why they can't get into Navarre because it's like they're, they can protect themselves against something they created. I don't know. But I, I, I that, that was a big question mark for me. My other big question mark was if Dane's been reading her memories this whole time, he would have already known also how violet was feeling about zayden because she was less she's been lusting after him since like page two so like she's had a lot of thoughts that were problematic like for dane to be reading not just like the athbane one so that to me was like just screams that that to me just screams that like dane actually doesn't give a fuck about violet because if he did he wouldn't have been able to continue to read her mind like he was definitely like playing into it so that he could keep getting information yeah god i cannot i dane is a bitch crazy dane is a bitch (laughs) dane is a bitch i need that bookmark yeah me too um 
Oh my oh gosh. My God, also, that shit's so crazy. Also, sorry, there's just so many, so much to discuss here. But also, like, Violet's mom definitely knew about the venom. It said she had one of those yeah. daggers in, in her office. So that also is like, damn, there's this, like, huge other threat out here. Do you think Violet's mom knows that she's being, like, she's also going to, like, die right no. now? No, I don't think she does. I don't think she does, but can we talk about that scene where <laughs> Satan pulls out the dagger and she's like, oh, you stole that from my mom's office. And he's like, no, bitch. Like, this is just what you have to use to kill that. And like, yeah. she just also has one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Vi was a big dum-dum in this chapter. Uh, well, she she's also, was, but I was, I was confused too. So Also just d- dumb. Like the fact that she never pieced together that Dane reads minds via touching people. Dane touches me all the time. I have secrets. Maybe I should clarify how he uses his powers. He clearly, he clearly has his priorities messed up. He straight up said he would not save her if it meant bending the rules. Yeah. She is not a priority yeah. to him. Ugh. She's stupid. She's stupid. Yeah. I literally realized that like five, six episodes ago. <laughs> Maybe more than that, like 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, okay. Let's get in chapter 36. Okay. Um, oh, last thing. Um, oh, yeah. Last thing for this chapter. One of my big grievances from the last episode was that I didn't like how I felt like Violet was throwing herself at Zayden and like basically begging him to be with her and it just yeah. felt so one-sided I I liked that in this chapter now that he's messed up he has to like fight for her a little bit and yeah. like and be more in it so that redeemed itself a little bit for me in that I agree now I he agree. has to do he the groveling lines yeah yeah he had some good lines um of just like there like there's no me without you like that kind of thing it was cute yeah like finally Um, he's he's having to fight for her yeah so okay so wow yeah big chapter um we got some answers but god still more questions too about the paromial of it all and like the venom and yeah this whole situation is like so crazy and it like answers a lot but i'm still like wait what is going on okay so the intro quote for chapter 36 says for there in the land beyond the shadows were monsters that dwelled in the night and dined on the souls of children who wandered too close to the woods. And that's from The Wyvern's Cry, which I assume is the book that Violet had. Yeah. All I wrote was, yikes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's just teeing up how intense this is going to be. So basically... Zayden tells them what was in the letter from Dane's dad and um, they basically realize that the village nearby, the Peromial village nearby, um, is going to be under under attack and they are left with the choice of either flying to the like choosing Navarre and flying to the next nearest outpost where there's other riders and where they will be headquartered for the war games instead or staying and choosing to protect these civilians and 
fight. But here's here's the question that I had, because this whole choice thing is weird. So the government knows that these rebels know about Venom. They've been working with Promeal. They've been like, you know, breaking all these rules. They have this classified information that they're not, they're not supposed to have. And they send them there with that note, like, survive if you can. But they're not actually under attack. So, yeah, they can just, like, leave and go back to Navarre if they didn't want to help protect this village. And if they just went back to Navarre, like, what? Like, all all good? Like, we're fine? So maybe they don't know that they've been helping. Because in this chapter, we also learn that because of the rebellion relic, like, Melgren can't really see what they're doing or anything yeah so maybe they don't know what they've been doing but he they know that they've been going outside of the wards as a group of rebels or as a group of children of rebels and they don't really know what's happening there so this is like a test of their loyalty like they're gonna see if they come back to navarre or if they go help the peromials but then they'd know about venom like they'd see them like that I don't get it. Yeah, that's true. I don't get it. It just seems weird to give them the choice because then they still they still would know about Venom and that's like obviously not something the government wants to get well, out. Well, I think I think that they probably know that Zayden knows about Venom, right? Because his dad was leading this whole thing and he wasn't that young. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That and that explains why they wanted to kill all the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we're really, we're really getting here. So we're getting there. <laughs> and Venom are described as extremely creepy. Just wanted to throw that in there. Like purple robes, spidery red veins, red eyes. Like scary. Yeah, gross. It sounds really gross. They are scary. Um, it did kind of get like I don't know, just like extra. It was it was giving um, when I was reading this chapter like the fighting and the the venom, they were really giving me like super villain energy like everyone having powers and stuff fighting it was like it was kind of giving Marvel it's giving like me. video game like, yeah, yeah 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 video games a good way to describe it yeah um so okay so basically they. They have this choice and Zayden's like, I'm not making this choice as a leader. You have to make it each individually. Like you all have to decide. And basically everyone's like, yeah, we're in to fight. Um, so, well, really Liam uses his gift of farsight and he sees that there are four Venon approaching the village. At that moment, the Griffin flyers arrive. Everyone's like, yeah, we're in to fight those stupid venom. There's only four of them. There's a bunch of us. But then the Griffin flyers arrive and their leader, who is the same woman who confronted them um, at their break, tells them to leave. She says that there were only two venom um, at their last attack and were able to destroy an entire Peromial city a month ago. So facing four now would be a death sentence. And she leaves to command her group and Zayden again opens the door for everyone to decide now that the question is death or go. Um, and I wrote that I'm embarrassed to say I wanted them all to decide to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared. Oh my God. That's so, I, I also had that. I also had that intrusive thought. Um, I didn't write it down. That's so funny. That you, that you had the same thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I was like, book, I was like, if it's whole certain book, death, <laughs> if it's certain death, what? Yeah. Then just go. I was like, this whole book, I've been dying for action, and now, <laughs> now we get, we're faced with it, and I'm like, run, <laughs> run. I feel like Rebecca has this um, habit of setting something up to feel like to really seem like there's no chance like this when we first entered the world it was like yes oh all writers die like blah blah i don't know and then once you get to it it's like not it's like not nearly as bad like we get to the fight there's yeah. like more than four venom there's also the wyvern get involved and like they're like putting up a good fight like yeah it's, she always sets things up as to seem like absolutely hopeless and it's never the case so i just gotta like i gotta remember yeah. that moving forward because i was like wait what is going on they're all about to die is that how this book ends? Crazy. Yeah. That. Do you imagine? If the book just ended and then Iron Flame is just like from Dane's point of view, the only living character or Rhiannon or something. I would have thrown this book into the ocean. Like, I. That would honestly, like, Rebecca doesn't have the balls. That would be so crazy to just have the first book like the main character like basically all the characters die and it just like picks up with Rhiannon in the next book <laughs> they um fucking crazy they did that in um spoiler alert spoiler alert for the divergent series um they killed the main character in the last book and that's oh, they did. haunted me that's literally haunted me in every book i read because that was the first book we, i've ever read where like the main character dies and yeah i mean that just never happens and it's like my safety like whenever yes. i'm reading like i was nervous about violet dying or zayden dying in this chapter but i was like but there's yeah. another book but there's <laughs> another book yeah yeah but it would be i mean it would be pretty crazy honestly like although i would be devastated and sad i would have so much respect for an author especially if it was like when it's clearly a series and the main character just dies in the first one like yeah. oh my god that'd be crazy yeah well anyway, and also they happen were, here they were, no thank god um but they were also setting it up to seem like you could only kill then in like in hand-to-hand combat with those specific daggers i was like okay well violet's not good at hand-to-hand combat like why does she even have lightning then like what's the point but like you can yeah. kill them other ways so it's just like it was more of a fight than it was being set up here here yeah. it was literally like we're yeah. all about to go to our death was the tone yeah um okay so zayden oh wait let me back up a little violet commands undarna to hide and stay at the abandoned outpost and to flee if violet dies as they prepare they see a creature fly overhead and only violet realizes that it's a wyvern a two-legged flying reptile created by the venom to fight dragons Zayden gives her a second da- dagger and tells her that General Melgren, kind of what I said before, whose gift is to see the future outcome of battles, cannot see the rebels' children because of their separatist relics. Which I was like, so, what? I thought like, I was what? like, interesting. I was like, what the fuck does a relic do to protect you from this guy's power? What? There were yeah. there was there was that, and there was the fact that dragons and griffins can communicate via minds where i was like this is just a convenient rule that rebecca wrote in here this is out of left field (laughs) that makes no sense (laughs) but okay 
I mean, it didn't throw me off completely because dragons can talk to other humans. They're just not supposed to. So in my head, I was like, oh, dragons can just talk to anything. Yeah. But, but yeah, that is pretty convenient. Um, so the riders head to the trading outpost, the village where all the helpless civilians are. And there's, I mean, it's pages and pages of battle. Yeah. I'm to to summarize. I mean, they put up a pretty good fight. Violet and Tarn fight the Venon and Wyverns um, quite successfully at first. Satan finds a cave and starts an evacuation procedure for the civilians. Violet is trying to use her lightning to kill them or keep them away from the cave while they're getting everyone in there but she her aim just sucks and um then like six this is the tragedy six wyvern start to target violet and her and tarn are trying to lead them away to the city using her lightning to draw them towards her and one is about to attack tarn and liam and his dragon it's kind of hard to picture, but like dive in front and attack the dragon and sacrifice himself basically to get them away from Tarn. And when they do this, Liam kind of jumps on to Tarn while Day, his dragon, is like fighting the wyvern in the air. And they're like plummeting downwards. Tarn and Liam and Violet are chasing them down, trying to like tear at the wyvern that won't let Day go and get him to come off. But he he won't. He is just going after Day. And finally, they crash at the bottom into a mountain or whatever rocks. And Day, Liam's dragon, dies. And immediately Liam starts to die it's almost well first of all ah like as i was reading this i was like no 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 and i know i was like this isn't happening this isn't happening this isn't happening like i was like there's no yeah. way yeah i there's no Especially way this you is happening. said it and then i was like no that would never happen like I, and then it did it did and it's almost sadder that i think like he died watch like he saw his dragon die and then it's like he, he died, died because his dragon died like yeah he, it's not like he got killed but he just died because his dragon died so it was just so sad and then he gave this little speech that just broke my heart when he said um wait where is it he said something about like oh it, it was his honor to protect her and be her shadow oh yes it was his honor <sighs> Oh my God, tears! Yeah, she was like, "You were, you were my. Thank you for being my shadow, my protector, my friend." And he was like, "It was my honor." <laughs> oh God, so sad. It was so sad. I mean, so everything sad. you said last episode was right, which is crazy. Like it was crazy that you predicted that. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but it is right. Like he, we were talking about it every episode. Like Liam is such a good character but like what's his arc like is he gonna be a love interest like what's his deal yeah. like besides being Violet's like friend what's his purpose and he didn't have one and so I guess it makes sense that he died but man it does it really does suck he, I loved him I loved his character I curse you Andrew for putting the <laughs> thought into my head 
<laughs> Although it's a great prediction victory. I just, I remember at the Christmas party when he brought that up talking about Lucian, I was like, oh my God, is that Liam? Like, is that Liam in this book? And God damn it, it was. It's crazy because it like was. Andrew didn't even mention Liam. You like made that jump on your own and it was right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is so, yeah. yeah. It, it is a victory for you, but like a bittersweet, a bittersweet moment. Um, I have to say I do respect Rebecca for killing him off, although I obviously don't like it because I think some authors get too attached to their characters and like can't yes. get rid of characters that they've put a lot of heart and soul into and that they are attached to. And she is ruthless, yeah. man. She is ruthless. She is. She. I wonder, I wonder like through the editing process, if they, if her editors made her do it Mm. I always wonder how that works like you know because they you know if you write a book it goes through drafts and they give opinions and you're like like I wonder if it was a different character who jumps and tries to save them and dies this way and they were like it needs to be a bigger deal it needs like make it Liam or something yeah or if it really was her I'll give her credit she's the author (laughs) but but you know like how that because it would be so easy to just slide someone else into that role for sure you know for sure and you know it's just Zayden is just gonna be devastated about this yeah yeah because they could have done, they could have made it Garrick or Bodhi. Like someone that was a character throughout, but just like we're slightly less, we care less about, you know? Yeah. And Zayden kind of had the chance to come help, but he was defending civilians. And so he's like, I can't leave. All these civilians will die. But he also could have. He's going to, yeah, he's definitely going to blame himself. Yeah. But man, very like, very Game of Thronesy these chapters Mm -hmm. did you ever watch game of thrones actually no so okay well this isn't like i know that they i know that like everyone dies so yeah it's like you can't get attached to everyone to anyone because they all will die but also in game of thrones there's all these like little conflict or like different conflict plot lines throughout the kingdom and bad guys and then you realize like there's actually this like bigger enemy at play the white walkers and everyone and everyone needs to kind of band together to fight them. But like some people don't believe in them that they even exist. It's very much, it's literally the tone of this book. Yeah. (laughs) Which I really like. I really like that. Like you have all these conflicts and they all piece together and there's this like other external conflict that you didn't really see coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very much life. (laughs) How? I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um so the ending of the chapter that was really the big the big hit. The fight's not over though. So Zayden arrives to say his goodbyes, but he's interrupted by the arrival of two dozen wyvern. I'm like how are there so fucking many? Um but before Liam dies, he tells Violet, there are two Venon riders amongst them. And so what I got the idea from one of the, she like mentions during the battle when Liam like sliced the throat of a Venon that was riding a Wyvern, the Wyvern immediately died too. Yeah. So I think 
that if like they kill the two rider or two venom that are overseeing these two dozen wyvern all the wyvern will die too so that's hopeful you know it narrows the target to two instead of 12 um yeah it was crazy that they were acting like four venom was going to be unbeatable and all of a sudden now there's like 12 enemies like <laughs> 30 it's like okay i just also yeah. what's the what's the goal like are they are they just going to keep fighting until all of them are dead like more just keep coming you know what i mean yeah yeah i don't know yeah it seems like the venom are like making them out of thin air yeah but i feel like that's the thing is they need to kill the four venom yeah because they're just creating the wyvern yeah you know what i mean yeah so they just need to focus like i think there's only four venom and they need to and then that will kill the wyvern yeah um but so zayden is like i'll distract them try to hold them off as long as possible with the shadows but then like you and your fucking lightning you got to figure it out because the lightning is like the only other thing they've realized that can really kill them other than like the dragons actually like tearing them apart um so violet and tarn take to the air and there she's starting to wield her powers and then tarn like yells something injured him and the chapter fucking ends yep yep a, a wyvern bit him or something and that's how it ends and man i don't know what's gonna happen in the next three chapters like i have no freaking clue so much just changed in three chapters like i have no idea i know how many pages do we even have like not many i'm looking at it right now it's not like, many it's got to be like it's got to be like 40 right 50 maybe yeah like 40 man I, so do we we don't think do we think that they go back to navarre do you think they go back to basketh no because i don't think they can now yeah i don't think they can now so i think they stay i think they must stay in the impromial with like the griffin riders or something i don't know and then they're gonna the but next like, book is gonna be I working to I, working to fight the I venom need them to get back I need them to get back into the safety of the wards. I can't live on edge like this. <laughs> I know. Uh, they're, I'm, I don't think they can. I don't think they can. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to get... I, I just feel like this book is going to end in a cliffhanger. And I, I'm like, what? I, I bet like Brennan's going to show up like on the last page, you know, or something like that. I'm something crazy. You, I literally since the second that we found out she had a dead brother, I was like, the brother's not dead. And, <laughs> and he definitely died. Because remember there was that whole weird thing yeah. about like he died trying to bring someone back to life or something. That just feels like no someone else. No, the former writer of Tarn died oh. trying to bring him back to life. So that just right? feels like there's something else there also that I haven't. That's I've tucked away, but I haven't forgotten about. There was something else with Brennan and the rebels and the venom that we still need to figure out happened. And I'm not For convinced sure. he's not. Well, we need. Dead. We need we need the whole story of the real like we need the real story of history because all the <laughs> yeah. history we know yeah. is can not real. Get, can we just get another book that's not Iron Flame that just tells us what happened in, the, in history? <laughs> uh, that honestly would be really interesting. And I need to know like what 
does Violet's mom know? What's her role? The yeah. dad, you know, what happened there? There's so many questions and I know we're not going to get answers. I think it's going to be like pure action and then something like really dramatic is going to happen in, at the very end of the last chapter and then we're not going to be for able sure. to read Iron Flame for another two months and <laughs> we'll be suffering until then. Oh, speaking of which, I bought Iron Flame yesterday. Yay! So I think we, I mean, we'll, we can discuss, but I don't think we can wait two months. I, you know, you let me know. I'm when busy season is accommodating and we can pick this back up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But, um, I'm really excited. I think I'm going to finish it tonight. It's only eight o'clock. I have time. Yeah, I think I am too. Um, just to like ease everyone from last episode I do like this book I do like this book I'm really <laughs> I'm really really into it again there was just a period of where nothing was happening and it was so frustrating as a reader in this setting of reading it slowly like feeling like we were getting yeah. nothing for so many chapters yeah but clearly that's changed yeah I agree. I agree. And I honestly, like, I think I'm so interested in the greater plot of this book that, like, Zayden and Violet's love story, like, wasn't giving me what I really wanted. Like, I think that the reason there was, like, a lull is because they were really building their relationship. But I was just like, I don't, I don't, like, care that much about the relationship because I was so, I had so many unknowns about the plot. Like, I was like, I just want to know yeah who i just want to know who the villain is and the greater <laughs> plot to your point is so rich and i just was getting yes. so frustrated like, i didn't waiting need... for it yeah yeah exactly and i exactly. i do stand by it. i don't so. like how their love story kind of unfolded but it redeemed itself yeah. in this because now he's kind of reversed and it's like evening it out a little bit i like yeah. when, i like when the guy has to like do some put in some work and he's doing that yeah. so i like it and i can't wait cannot wait you know you know what i would love um my last thought is this book i agree redeemed itself i'm very much into it i really like it um and i'm excited for iron flame i would love a book where the girls on the in the know like where's the one where the woman is the uh <laughs> rebel <laughs> Sadie's like, hey, equality. Why why are we always left out of the loop? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, I want to know what's going on. You know, like we're always our love interest always knows and we don't. Yeah, that's true. I guess it's because like thinking in that scenario, there's like a woman who's in the know and the guy who's just like oblivious and maybe that's like a little bit harder He's to make just not to make him like <laughs> helpful or like hot when he can't do anything useful, <laughs> you know, that's but that's true. very like Katniss Peta, you know, Peta was the useless one. Katniss was like the, the badass. That's true. That's true. I'm trying to think of another example, but it probably exists. It just doesn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Akatar, same thing. Um, and another good point you had, I think this was last time when we were talking after the episode, but you were like, in Akatar, you don't know what you don't know until you get there. And in this book, like they make it very clear that we don't know all these different things, but then yeah. it takes so long to get there. And that's just what makes it frustrating. So 
again it was more out of yeah, frustration exactly. of like not knowing versus actually not liking the book i do like the book very much yeah if everyone thought that we were ranting on and on for a long time last episode we proceeded to continue to rant for 20 minutes <laughs> after we finished recording yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, but we're back and loving it i'm excited to finish yeah um i read these chapters on christmas as a little gift to myself and then i immediately texted you i was like sadie like it 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 gives what we needed it to give don't fear (laughs) it's amazing i god okay i'm gonna read i'm gonna also finish tonight and then we can text about it perfect i'll be much slower so don't give anything away (laughs) okay Okay, well, anything else, Sades? Nope, that's all I got. All right, well, thanks everyone for listening to our semi-final of Fourth Wing. I cannot believe we're about to finish this book. I cannot believe it. This has been such a journey journey. reading slowly, like such a journey. But we made it. Thanks everyone (laughs) for listening. Join us next episode for our finale with our special guest, Michelle will be joining us. Oh my god, I forgot. I forgot Michelle was coming She's on. She's coming on for the finale. It's going to be awesome. In the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gals on Topic. Follow us on TikTok at Gals on Topic. Subscribe, review, rate five stars, do all the things, and we'll see you next time. Bye guys. Bye.